Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode number 90 of the Yellow Card Podcast. That is correct. Episode 90 on the verge of 100 episodes together. Your boy, Diego, the DJ, Chris Jones, entering episode 90. How are you feeling, Mr. Jones? I'm just confused why you started with afternoon, then went to evening, then went to morning. Ah, no pattern. Just started, felt like that. It's episode 90. Why not? <laughs> hey, the fact that we got 90 episodes in, man. Let's hey. quit. Round of applause. Quick round of applause. That's right. Yep. Episode 90 rolling in. Huge thank you to Couch Guy Sports for giving us the opportunity and believing in us to get this platform moving forward. One of the most successful podcasts of the, of the network uh, with a brilliant team behind us as well and a brilliant support team. And most importantly, brilliant fans like yourself supporting our podcast on a weekly basis. Uh, sponsored by our good friends over at Shocked Energy and Exogun. Episode 90 rolling in. We got a packed, packed episode tonight. Gonna hand it over to Chris Jones, who's got some phenomenal ideas for this episode. Let's get it, let's get it on the way. Shake, 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 shake the way I dance. Shake the way that sorry. <laughs> uh, so let's dive in. So this week is a jam-packed episode. Last two weeks we talked about EPL, talked to the league last week. This week we're gonna do Syria, we're gonna do Bundesliga. And we're going to talk about Luke One, all in one jam-packed episode. So why don't we start off with Syria? Obviously, not much has transpired for the Syria in both the transfer window opportunities, such as the Liga and the Premier League. But we're going to dive in real quick. So let's talk about the team that won it last year. Let's talk about AC Milan. All right, let's get talking about them. AC Milan, they're bringing in uh, Divac Orgi. They're bringing in Florenzi from Roma. And coming out, they're losing Frank, uh, Cassie, who's going to Barcelona. And they're losing Florenzi, who's going to – actually, no, I lied. They're bringing Florenzi back from their loan deal. They, they bought him full-time. I'm completely reading this wrong. Excuse me. What do we think of, of AC Milan coming into this? Are they repeating this year, do we think? No. Uh, in my opinion, no. Um, I think they had a good core last year. They had a very good team going on last year. However, uh, I think this year they kind of mm-hmm. had their mind of the fact that in Syria, uh, you still have to deal with a phenomenon of a coach. and His name is Jose Mourinho. Uh, I think the rebuild that he's currently performing right now at Roma is heavily undermined in Serie A. And I think uh, for me personally, AC Milan does not have what it takes to repeat this year. I'm glad yeah. that they I'm glad that they extended the contract to um to Zlatan Ibrahimovic, that they got Divaco Rigi, and that they uh they got Florenzi back. That, that's great and all. However, uh we have to accept the facts that Ibrahimovic is towards the tail end of his career at this point, one bad injury, and that there goes your whole offensive game plan. Uh, you don't really have many options coming off the bench. Origi is a great addition to the team, but it's not enough. Um, midfield-wise, you're still missing a creative piece. Frank Kessie leaving 
to go over to Barcelona is a huge, huge, huge loss that they have not recovered from. Uh, and defensively, you're still two center center back pieces away from completing the puzzle. So therefore, I don't think AC Milan takes uh, takes the crown this year. I think AC Milan kind of took a step back. Listen, I understand that once they got rid of Gianluigi Donnarumma, their goaltending got better because they got the goalie from Belide that won them the Lugo untitled year before, and he came in Serie A and helped them win. Cool, don't get me wrong, but I just think some of these teams in Serie A are built better. For, for this upcoming season. And I don't know, I wouldn't even be surprised realistically if AC Milan just doesn't even finish in the top four in the Serie A this year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. We're going to go over where we have them finishing, but we're going to talk about... You mentioned Roma. Let's just talk about Roma. Roma, to me, had, had an interesting window. I think they come out with, I think, 24.5 million, million euros, maybe 24.6 based off loans and everything like based off of loans and contracts that they've gotten rid of in transfers. However, they're bringing in some good pieces. I mean, don't get me wrong, bringing in um, Matic from Manchester United definitely bolsters that midfield for them. They're also bringing in uh, Selic from Lai, 25 year old, very, very talented. And they're bringing in Paul Dabala, who's 28 from Juventus. Yep. So I think Mourinho had himself a nice little transfer window here. I think this team gets better. They finished better than when they were a season ago. I think Roma has real potential in the top four this year. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, all right, let's move on to the next team over. AC Milan. I mean, Inter Milan, sorry. What do we think? Inter Milan is 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 interesting to me. You know, they're losing Perisic. They're losing Arturo Vidal. But what they're bringing in, it's pretty solid, I will say. Romelu Lukaku is coming back after his spell from Chelsea did not work. They're bringing in Onana from Ajax. That's a good, solid goaltender for them. Uh, Correa from Lazio is a good, solid piece for them as well. Don't want to mispronounce the winger's name from Roma. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, that's a good question. Um, Mkhitaryan. Oh, Henrik. Uh, yeah, Henrik Mkhitaryan. Yeah. You know they they're bringing in good pieces to replace what they've what they've got rid of. Don't get me wrong. And obviously, it's tough to see Inter Milan do well as someone who. Is a big, big Juventus guy, uh-huh. but I think they had. I think they had probably the the best transfer window out of any team in this area. To be completely honest with you, okay, yeah, I think for Inter Milan, it's a very good window. I agree with you. I think bringing in Mkhitaryan from from Roma, bringing in uh, Onana as a goalie for uh, for themselves, is very good steps forward. I think my only concern is Romelu Lukaku. We saw how quickly he deteriorated over at Chelsea once uh, it was clear that, you know, people needed to follow the, the two-goal uh, strategy in mind. I think he's getting to a sense where, you know, because he's been a top-class striker, he doesn't feel like he needs to follow the commands of, of certain clubs. Uh, he's kind of giving me that huge Mario Balotelli uh, vibes. Ooh. And therefore, 
therefore, I'm not entirely sure that if, you know, that if he is to really follow the plan along of what Inter Milan is trying to accomplish, that he will be successful. So I think his, I think his character is a little bit of a question. I don't think his talent is a question. I think his character will be. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the first 10, uh, 10 matches will look like for Lukaku, uh, especially if he's starting. Uh, what the partnerships will look like, what what the attack will look like, who's going to be feeding him the ball most uh, most frequently, and what the pace of uh, of the game will be. Because if if it's a if it's a high pressing attack like what he had to deal with at, at Chelsea, he fails miserably. But if it's a uh, counteractive attack with some sort of contention in the middle, he'll be successful because it's a pace that he can actually thrive on. It's at his pace as well. So uh, for me, I think Inter Milan has a very good team. I don't think, though, that they will be the ones to crown it this year. Why don't we talk about Juventus? All right, let's do it. So Juventus, another interesting window. I mean, listen, you're losing Dybala. Cicciolini is, is going to the MLS. You got Bernadeschi who's going to the MLS. You got... Lavro Morata going back to Atletico Madrid. You got Matias De Litt moving on and going to Bayern Munich. You lost Di Morel as he went to Atalanta. But here's the thing. You're bringing in some veteran guys. Paul Pogba's coming back. You're bringing in Angel Di Maria, who could very much so be one of the highest scorers in this area next season with the way that the pace is in that league. Uh, Federico Chiesa is back not on loan on a full-term deal for them. So they've brought in some some key pieces for me. I think defensively we're going to see them struggling a little bit because we need to see who – Mateus Delit was the heart and soul of that defense last season. And Alexandro does so well in the midfield. They're going to keep him around there. I'm curious to see what they go with out of their uh, formation for 2022-2023 because you have – Alexandro and Juan Cuadrado that are very good on the wings. So do we see them staying up there in, in the left wing back? Do they play left mid? Depending on the formation, I'm curious to see how Juventus looks. Yeah, for me, honestly, Juventus took a huge step back here, and I'm and I'm worried about Massimiliano Allegri's status with the team. Um, I think. It's not much to his fault entirely. I just think it's strategically, it, it's been way too slow in order to reinforce this team. You lost a major talent in, in Matthias Elite, like you mentioned it. Uh, you got some people that exit the team due to their age, like uh, like Giorgio Chiellini. And, and you bring him back pieces that, while they're good, they don't offer much sustainability. And as it is, uh, like, in the example of Paul Pogba, this is another season, another injury. Um, he's now been uh, reported to be dealing with an injury uh, that will not allow him to be able to make the trip with the team to um, to Dallas due to uh, due to a lateral meniscus injury that he's dealing with. Uh, Pogba for the past four or five years has been nothing but grinding with injuries all along. Uh, he just can't seem to manage himself and to keep himself healthy. 
Um, I think the imperative here for Juventus will be to keep Arthur, to keep Ramsey, and to also sign Leandro Perez from PSG. If they can absolutely pull all those three moves, they can definitely stay in the top three. But for now, I think they, they managed to stay within the top four, not the top three. Okay. So let's do this with the Serie A. Okay. So last season, the Serie A table finished as followed. So it finished with AC Milan at first. Yeah. Which we know. Finished with Inter in second. Napoli three. Yeah. Juventus four. Lazio five. Roma six. Atalanta was on the outsides looking in at eight. Florentino was at seven. They were surprised season. So without going into too much detail, why don't we do – give me your teams that finished five and six in the Serie A table next season. Sure. My five and six team, um, number six is AC Milan. I think they took a huge step back. Like I said, um, they're not they're not made yet to be in the top um, four. Never mind the, even top five. Um, at my number five, it'll be Napoli. I think Napoli also took a step back, letting go of uh, uh, Khalid Koulibaly. is a huge, huge, huge step back for them. Um, they're they're my number five for me. For me, my number six, I'm actually going to go with a little bit of surprise here. I think that Fiorentina stays up there. I think they're going to finish at six again this year. Looking at what they did in the transfer window, bringing in Luka Jovic from Real Madrid, I think is going to be key for them. I like what they're doing with this team, and I think they're going to – continue their success and i think they're going to stay atop of the top six i think they go six and then for five for me i'm gonna go actually i think so florentina finished with seven last year they take the step up and go to six i think for me at five i'm gonna put ac milan okay okay because of the fact that yes they're re- trying to repeat as champions However, I just – losing Frank Cassidy is a big loss for them. Yeah. I just don't know how – I mean, don't get me wrong. Devaka Roji is a great player, but he's good at for depth. He, I don't know how he do if AC Milan can, has to rely on him for long periods of time. Yeah. All right, so let's do it like this. We'll go one by one. Diego, give me your – team that finishes number four in Serie A? Um, a number four, I'm going to go with a little bit of a surprise team here. I think last year they they took a step back a little bit, but I think this year they have rekindled their energy. And I'm actually going to go with number four being Atalanta. They, they just don't do it for me. The, the, their transfer window was probably one. I mean, don't get me wrong, you get uh, the mural. Juventus is great, but you're losing players that made an impact for you last year. They're one of those teams, though, however, that in the January transfer window, they always seem to cash in. And this year, they're one of the teams in Serie A that has most, most opportunities to be able to, to do so. And I think that's where they end for me, a number four this year. 
number four for me this year, I'm going to go Lazio. I think Lazio takes a step up. I think, you know, bringing in some of these guys, like they're bringing in Remignoli from AC Milan, a good center back for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bringing in Marcos Antonio from Shakhtar Donetsk, I think could be a good little ad for them as well. I don't know. I like Lazio. They finished five last year. I think they can take that step up and finish in the top four. Okay. Okay. What do you got for number three? At number three, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Juventus manages to stay up there. Um, again, I already gave you my take. I think the losing Matthias Elite was a huge it's a huge reason as to why they won't win the the, the trouble this year. Um However, you know, maybe Allegri can manage to get Pogba back to the levels where he used to be before. Um, I agree with your take on it. And Angel Di Maria maybe being one of the largest contributors to goals this year in Serie A overall. Um, I like what they have up front. And if they can keep Morata um, in Juventus, I think they, they'll be able to manage to stay at least in the top three. I'm agreeing with you there. I got them at three as well. I have Juventus finishing at three. Like you said, I need to see more from Allegri's style of play with this team. Mm-hmm. Last year was a huge, huge letdown year. Do I think they have the potential they could finish number one if everything goes according to plan? Yes, but they need to address their center back issue right off the bat. And mm-hmm. I just, that's what's holding me back and putting them on. So I'll have, I'll have them at three finishing. What do you got yeah. for two? Number two, I'm, I'm giving Inter a return back to the second spot. I think, again, very good uh, window that they've had, very successful and whatnot. However, Romelu Lukaku is still my issue. You're not going to have the same top three, are you? I don't know. Uh, I also have Inter too. Lukaku, Correa, Mkhitaryan, and Onana, those are great signings for Inter Milan. Easily probably the best transfer window out of any team in the Serie A. Got to give them credit. They're tough to beat in the Serie A, don't get me wrong. In European competition, they might struggle a little bit. But we're talking Serie A here. This is where their bread and butter is. I like Inter Milan, Inter Milan to finish in number two. Yeah, I agree with you there. So, the number one team. For me, I'm going with Diego's boy, Jose Mourinho, and Roma. I think they, they get it done this year. Listen, They've been a couple guys away from making that big jump. I think they take that big jump this year. The Paul Dybala signing to me is probably the best signing of the transfer window. He fits well with Mourinho, and I think Mourinho is going to get the best out of Paul Dybala in the Serie A. AS Roma, 2022-2023 Serie A champions. I'm putting money on it now. I'll tell you what the odds are. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you there. Uh I really, really enjoy this Mourinho that has resurfaced back at, at, at Roma. He took a team from nowhere to something. He's put them back in the, mo- in the, in the map of things. Um, I mean, just his first spell last year, he wins a, a Europa, uh, you know, Champions League Cup, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Europa Conference League Cup was what he won. Um, it was the first European title for for Roma in, in over sixty years. That's that's historic. Um, 
this is a team that has very good chemistry. No one's above each other in the locker room. There was no issues whatsoever in the locker room. It was a healthy locker room. People really have bought into Mourinho's strategy. Uh, you have seen great players like Timmy Abraham rekindle himself uh, and be, be back to some of the, the forms that, that we all knew he could be. Uh, Mourinho's back to fully himself, enjoying life a little bit and, and, and being that relaxed coach that we all fell in love with when he was a special one back around Madrid. Uh, bringing people like uh, Nemanja Matic, um, as well as Paulo Dybala, I think it's it's a strong reinforcement of this team altogether. And um, frankly, Sergio Oliveira is also a phenomenal signing by him. And getting a loan deal out of uh, get, getting to work a deal for Miles uh, Miles Villar from Benfica that is huge as well. These are two components that bring creativity and humbleness to that locker room. And at the same time, he still has a lot of money to work with because the players that were out are players that really tied up a lot of cash. You're looking at Alessandro Florenzi, Robin Olsen, who's now gone to Austin, uh, to Aston Villa. Uh, you're looking at Borja Marjoral returning to Hetafe, Gonzalo Villar returning to Hetafe. Henry Mkhitaryan going to went to Inter Milan for a free transfer free. Um, Ricardo Siervo going back to Zazuolo. So I mean, it's it's important that he was able to work out these deals while still maintaining a very healthy lineup altogether for Roma. I think this is the, this is the year where we see Roma back to winning titles again. That'll conclude Serie A talk. So Diego and I have the team with the fourth best odds via the sports book to win Serie A at Roma plus a thousand, just so everybody knows. Is there? Yep, throw money on it right now as we speak. All right, let's move over to the Bundesliga. Let's do it. Now, obviously, last year, Bayern probably had one of their closest numbers because I think the last three seasons in the Bundesliga, they've Beaten besides 2018, 2019. So 2019, 2020, it was an 82 69 on the point differential. So that's 70 with 12. So 13 point difference there. 2020, 2021, 13 point difference there. 2021 and 2022 was only an eight point difference there. Mm-hmm. Bayern Munich had to look at themselves in the mirror and say, What do we need to do to improve? What do we need to do to take that next step forward? And boy, did I do I think they did it getting two big signings. Matias Delay and Sadio Mane. I think those are two great signings for them. I think them losing Robert Lewandowski is going to hurt, and Talisio going to Leon is, is going to be a bigger loss than people are, are talking about. However, I do think that this team is still as dangerous. I think this team is still as good. I expect them to do big things again in the Bundesliga 2022-2023. Okay. okay. Yeah, for me... <sighs> I may trigger fans on this one, but for me personally, I just don't think Julian Nagelsmann is the right coach for this team. I, I just don't. I, I don't think his strategies really work. 
I don't think his mentality works for this team. I think he's a brilliant coach. He's just not ready to be at this level. I think he needs to continue maintaining at teams that are sub-levels of Bayern Munich, meaning teams like Leverkusen, Leipzig, uh, Hoffenheim, Mönchenglad, uh, Wolfsburg, Frankfurt. Uh, Stuttgart could be a perfect fit for him. I just don't think Bayern Munich is yet the team for him. Uh, but with that being said, I do agree with you. He brought in two excellent pieces to the puzzle here. I still think he's one or two more away from being that team that everybody fears facing when it comes to the German side of, of European football. Uh, now, granted, overall, the German league in itself took a step back. Dortmund is not going to be the same force that they used to be. Uh, they, yeah, they got Sebastian Haller from, from Ajax, which, by the way, uh, our thoughts and prayers with him as he was diagnosed with a, a testicular um, tumor. So our thoughts and prayers are with him and, and wishing him a safe recovery. Uh, just however, I, I just don't think the Bundesliga will be as competitive as it, as it was. I think last year was the very end of that competition. Uh, this year is kind of a rebirth, which we kind of saw happen in a lot of the leagues across Europe throughout the past three years or so. So I think this time is the turn for, for the German league. I think the German league will benefit largely in the January transfer window from looking at leagues like the Portuguese league, uh, some of the Latin American leagues going on right now. Copa Libertadores is a perfect opportunity for people to analyze what up and coming talent are there from Latin America. Um, you can look at the, at the Dutch league as well. Ajax has a lot going on in their development camp. Uh, so the, so do PSV Eindhoven and, and, and others, they have a lot going on. But for now, I, I do think that Bayern returns to being the very first um, team on the table. I just don't think it's to the competitive level that they have always been used to being. So do you think it's going to be a lot closer in the table this year, points-wise? I do. I do. And I think, actually, the threat to them is actually teams like Leverkusen and Leipzig. And you and I are on the same page in that, in that department. Honestly. It's not even Dortmund. It's going to be more like yeah. Leverkusen, more than likely. I think I think we see a rebirth out of Leverkusen. I mean, last year they managed to land in third place. They're returning to Champions League football, which is great for them. They, they deserve another run of Champions League. I think that team altogether, though, is well-established and has a sustainable future considering the majority of the table – of, of that team is between their 23 to, to 28 uh, age range. So they, they have a lot to offer in the future. So just to kind of debrief a little bit for me, mm-hmm. I think Dorman's the team that takes the biggest step back out of anybody in the top four last year. I mean, listen, when you lose world-class struggle like Erlen Holland, that's going to, that's going to hurt. Don't get me wrong. However, they're also losing Berkey. Who's going to say, who went to St. Louis city in the MLS. They're also losing Axel Witzel, who's going to Atletico Madrid, who was a big part of that team last year defensively. So I think, for me, just thinking about the way that this team has conspired, I they could easily fall out of the top four, in my opinion, this year. Speaking of that, let's just dive in. Let's not go too much into this. 
why don't you give me your five and six for the Bundesliga this year? Sure. At number six, I think uh, Frankfurt returns to the top ten of the of the of the table. Last year they fell short of that. However, they had a very good run at the Europa League, and I think that is the part that's so convincing coming into this year for a team like Frankfurt, who has so much history in the German league. For me at six, I have Hoffenheim. Decent, decent pick. Yeah, I think Hoffenheim takes that that's that huge step forward this year. They finished ninth last season. However, they were in the middle of the pack for teams that scored goals per games. I think they finished two, three, four. They they tied for fifth in goals. However, they gave up six, 60 goals in the total of 34 games. I think that's where they hurt themselves. They cut down that a little bit. I think they can slowly work their way back up into Europa League spot. I like Hoffenheim at six this year. Nice. Nice. What do you got for five? Who's five in the Bundesliga for you? See, for me, a number five is a team that last year, if it wasn't due to the change in management, they would have ended in the top five. And that is uh, – Mongolbach, that that to me would have been the number five, and they still are the number five this year for me. I think I was doing the table in my head earlier. I think they're going to be in the top ten again this year. I don't see them in the top six. However, my number five is a team you already discussed. It's it's Frankfurt. Like you said, man, they had such a great run in the Europa League, bringing in some of these guys, bringing in Haug from AC Milan. Guts from PSV, Jokic from Dynamo Zagreb. I think they have some pieces coming back, and I think they have a little bit of momentum coming into the season. So I'd like to see them carry it into the Bundesliga this year. All right, let's go top four. Give me your number four team that finishes in the Bundesliga. And number four for me will be RB Leipzig again this year. I think they – They've done a good job so far in the transfer window. They've done a good job of maintaining their books clean and not, you know, foreseeing any issues. However, I think if they are not players in the January transfer window, that's where they stay at number four. If they are players at the January transfer window and can cash in on some big splashes, they could easily win the league this year too. My number four team, it's it's Borussia Dortmund. This team spent 26.95 million euros and didn't get better. They got older, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Listen, I mean, don't get me wrong. Sebastian Haller, if he is medically 100%, he's going to be a big help for this team. But right now, the questions we don't know about it. And what's their, what's their transfer window going to look like in January? Are they going to have the funds to be able to make a move? in order to compete. I think they do enough because they have some of these these talented players still on this team. However, I do see Dorman sliding down. I think they finish at four this year. Okay. Yeah, Who do you got fair. at number three? At number three, I got Dortmund. I, I agree with much of what you said. I do think, however, it, it will be important to see if Sebastian Haller will be able to play this year for them. If he's not able to play for them, that is – a really big blow to this team that's trying to revive their standards. Uh, they also have to, they are, they have 
got to worry largely as to what to do with Jude Bellingham, especially as the January transfer window comes. His contract will be up by then. Um, and from there on, you gotta, again, you gotta look towards being competitive and being able to make transfers out of either the Italian Serie B, the Portuguese top league, or the Dutch league. Because at this point, you kind of need to get your team to be younger rather than older, like you just mentioned. Number three for me, I'm going RB Leipzig. Okay. And for a reason you were kind of talking about, I think they made a great profit in the summer transfer window. And I think they can use that towards building something in the January transfer window that can help them finish in the top three. Okay. They made a net worth of 43.7 million euros this transfer window. So I think they can carry that over. And I still think this team is good enough. Listen, Tyler Adams going to Leeds. Kids 23s. He's got plenty of talent. But they also have a bunch of guys coming back from loan that I think can slide right in and fill some holes that they need. I like Leipzig to finish it at number three. Okay. I like that. I like that. What do you got for number two in the Bundesliga? And number two in the Bundesliga, I kind of already mentioned them. I think it's going to be Leverkusen this year. They they did a great job last year, staying competitive. They're doing it again this year. I think they have a lot of firepower to be able to compete and, and largely give uh, Bayern, uh, my goodness, Bayern Munich a run for their money this year. And so I think Leverkusen will be number two for me. For me, I also have Leverkusen at number two. Listen, transfer-wise, they didn't spend a ton of money. So they, nope. they will have a lot of money for that transfer window in January if they need help. I think they're competitive enough. I think they're going to be a better team than Leipzig. I think they're going to be a better team than Dortmund this year. Give me Bayern Leverkusen at number two. And obviously, both of us at number one, I think we can agree, is Bayern Munich hands down. Mm-hmm. Talents there. They added some key pieces that could be very, very good. Sadio Mane is going to destroy the Bundesliga this year. Let's be honest. And Matthias Delay is only 22 years old. There's plenty of time for him to grow there. I, I agree with you on there. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there's not much to be added on to, to Barmier. They, they still have a great keeper as well in uh, Manuel Neuer. Uh, a great attacking piece in Thomas Miller. Now adding Sadio Mane onto that. That is, that is just lethal altogether. Uh, they have managed to keep uh, a good amount of their standard mid positions. Uh, I, I think you nailed it. Like you said, I, I think they're in, in, in good spot to be able to keep the number one spot in the German league. All right, let's move into the final league. Why don't we talk about Luke one? So obviously last year, PSG ran away with it. PSG, however, has no more Mauricio Pochettino. Though. I know, and I like it. So let's talk about their transfer window because they, they spent a lot of money on really two players. And Mendes from Sporting, and then Benita from Porto. That's really mm-hmm. it. Everybody else either come back on loan or, or you got a tiki coming from a free transfer. And com- coming out, I mean, the only really losses are Savi Simmons going to PSV, Angel Di Maria going to Juventus, and Areola going to West Ham. Which what I mean, you, I mean, on the Areola part of, of things, I mean, that, what do you, that, what do you that think was never of, even a loss. 
according according to this chart it is so what do you think this is it just clear that they're going to repeat again this year what are we thinking here i think they have a good chance of repeating this year i think what will matter the most is to understand truly what the strategy is going to be for this team to play is it going to be a high press attack is it going to be a counter attack is it going to be a holding 4-3-3 formation? Is it going to be an ascending 4-4-2 formation with some sort of uh, duplicity moving over to like a 3-4-3 when, it, when needed to rotate? Uh, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see because, of course, while, uh, while their new coach made great strides with his team last year, uh, again, it's concerning to see what things will happen here. I know Galtier did a great job. There's also unfortunate rumors that Messi could be going back to Barcelona. Um, that You just spent a ton of money in getting Lionel Messi. And now this year he could possibly be going back to, to Barcelona at the end of, at the end of his contract. Uh, losing him while he was not a major piece of their attack last year. It, it makes for a, a big financial impact, potentially, uh, especially with how much money PSG splashed towards him. I still think that PSG wins it this year for sure. Uh, I think the only the only concerns there could be somebody like uh, Lyon, Marseille, or even Monaco. I think those are the only two, the only three teams that I could see being uh, a threat towards PSG at this at, at this stage. I think Monaco is definitely a team that is to watch out for. However, I kind of like the ice again in this year. I mean, listen, their former manager is now the manager of PSG, and now they're bringing back a, uh, another former manager, Lucien Farve. I mean, that's just that's great coaching right there. Mm-hmm. Take with that what you will, but let's just let's just dive in. Luke one, who's your number six team? For me, my number 16 will be Renee's. I think they've done enough to be able to rebuild themselves this year and will be able to compete, just not to a level where you would be you would consider them a massive concern this in this league. I'm gonna go with Leon at number six. Okay. I think they take the step forward. Last year was a down year. I think they'll do what they need to do to get back into the top six this year. I've got Leon at six. Okay. You have a number five. I got uh, Nice at number five. I think they've done a great job with what uh, with the signings that you just mentioned. I think Lucy and Favre will be a great addition to this team, bringing them back to relevance. I just don't think they have enough to be able to top three. Who'd you say again? I just completely. Uh, nice or Nice, however you want to say it. Okay. I got Renee at number five. I think they take a step back this year. And finish outside the top four. Okay. Who do you have a number four? I got Lusk at number four. I think they did a good job last year. They um, kind of competed in a way. And I think this year, with the players that they have at their disposal, uh, they have enough They have enough to be able to, to compete. Uh, I like Angel Gomez quite a lot from Manchester United. Uh Really like Jonathan Bamba at forward. I think he's done a great job keeping that position there. 
Um, their defensive pieces are pretty well put together. You're looking at at a four position of, of Thiago, Thiago Gelo, Jose Fonte, Alexandra Victor, and you're looking at Lenny Yoro. Like th- those are really good four defenders there. Uh, at the midfield, Remy is a, is a great position uh, player for that role that he's going to be involved in for this year. And overall, this is this is an interesting team. I, they still have uh, Renato Sanchez to count on. And, you know, Renato Sanchez has not been transferred yet. If they can keep Sanchez there, he will be a, a perfect, perfect, perfect uh, player this year again for them. Number four for me, I have Marseille. Okay. I think they they made some good moves. Don't get me wrong. I like this. The Colombian Luis Suarez coming from Granada. I like Paul Lopez coming from Roma. Gunanuzzi staying long-term from Arsenal. However, I just think there are teams that are straight up better than that. So I have them finishing at number four. Who do you have in number three? I actually have Marseille ending at number three for those same exact reasons that you just mentioned. Uh, number three for me, I have OG Nice, Niche, however you want to say it. I think Lucy and Favre is going to be a big reason why this team finishes in the top four again this year. Coaching's good. We've seen what he's done in other leagues. I think he continues that stretch of, of good coaching here. All right, number two. I've asked Monaco, to be honest with you. I think you and I are on the same boat at the top two again here. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Losing to champion to, to Real Madrid is a big loss. However, they netted $74.25 million in funds. I think Minamino is going to be a good little ad for them as well, and they have a lot potentially going for them heading into the January transfer window. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you there. I think, yeah, too many was – a decent loss for them, but I think actually true many is going to be a flop at Real Madrid. I don't think he's going to be as much of a big time player that they think he will be. I think he takes a step back. And I think with that opportunity also comes an opportunity for players at Monaco to really step forward. You're looking at, you're looking at defenders like Benderson, you're looking at Kyle Henrique to come, to come up front and be more, uh, more of an aggressive defender himself. Uh, Guillermo Maripan will also be a, a huge important role in that in that defensive uh, quad that they need to build uh, Axel Dizazi will also be a, a very good young uh, defensive piece there so I think defensively they, they, they're well taken care of uh, for me I would like them to be more aggressive in the midfield position I think if they can find a way to get somebody from Ajax, for example, like Noah, uh, Noah Lang to transfer over to Monaco. I think that would be, that would be the piece that they could be missing there. And then number one is PSG. Yep. Tencent. We don't have to dive into it. PSG is going to win Luguan yet again. Yep. I agree with that. Any final thoughts? We touched upon La Liga, uh, La Liga. Bundesliga. We touched upon Luguan. We touched upon Serie A. Any any final thoughts for in a historic episode ninety for the Bulls? Last and final take, I'd say 
if Julian Nagelsmann fails to get this team going up and running the way that he needs to get it running, he could be sacked at midpoint in the season. I like that. I like that a lot. My big take is Borussia Dortmund starts off slow. And by a week or match day eight, they're in anywhere between 10th and 15th on the table. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. As, and then they'll work their way back up, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, with that being said, from Diego the DJ, myself, Chris Jones, we're signing off episode 90. 90 episodes. We're 10 away from 100. Stay tuned because next week we're back. EPL is back. The, the Jones-Diego version 2 is back. And we got a little bit of flavor that we're going to add as well. Make sure you guys just stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at Podcast Card. Follow Diego on Twitter at, at Diego underscore the DJ. Follow myself at C Jones twelve twelve. Sign off. See you guys next week. Adios, amigos. You still owe me that dinner from last year. Adios. We'll talk. <laughs>